The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, the show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, and encouragement you need to live a rich and meaningful life now while building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. My guest on today's show is Dan Locke. Dan is an entrepreneur, perhaps better said a serial entrepreneur, who has built for himself a multi-million dollar empire. And today he's here to share with us a little bit about his story and his practices as they relate to entrepreneurship and business. Dan Locke, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. Hey, Joshua, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. So today we're going to talk about business. And to begin with, I'd like to just have you share a little bit about your background because my audience uh, is possibly not familiar with your experience. How did you get involved in the world of business? Well, I first uh, immigrated to, to uh, Canada when I was 14 years old. Uh, and because at the time I was, I was born in Hong Kong, you can hear from my accent. Uh, so, and my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old and I was the only child in my family. So in the beginning, when I was here, was, when I was going to school, my father was, uh, sending you know, my mom and I a little bit of money. And then unfortunately my dad went uh, bankrupt, uh, in Hong Kong. So then, I had to kind of man up and, and stop being a boy and take care of my mom. And at the time, I never thought about money as that important because our life was pretty, I would say, kind of middle-class family. Uh, when I was growing up in, in Hong Kong, we lived in a, in a decent home. And, and growing up, I've always had uh, people taking care of me. We had a maid. Uh, so... And then I just most people they might have big dreams and big goals and but with me I kind of got into business because I had no choice. Uh, I wanted to take care of my mom and I was making minimum wage at the time, uh, uh, working as a grocery beggar <laughs> in a local supermarket. So I got into business because uh, I wanted to have more choices. I wanted to make more money, and at the time I had a, a dream of buying my mom a home. And that's kind of how I got into it. And the funny thing is money never wasn't never interested me that much when I, when I was growing up. So you live in, in Vancouver, right? Yes, I live in Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. I'm obsessed on a, on, a, on a personal note. I am obsessed with um, Shui Longbao, the uh, Shanghai dumplings. Oh, love it. Love uh, it. <laughs> I just had it like three days ago. <laughs> okay. Good. So last time I was in Vancouver, I specifically uh, – I forget the name of the restaurant right now. It's in my notes. But there's a restaurant in, in Hong Kong that is they're, what they're known for their, uh, for the Shui Longbao. And um, I, every time I go to Hong Kong, like that is the first stop I go <laughs> try to eat there as many times you, as possible. You eat it with the, the meat or do you eat it with the, uh, the, the crap flavor? With the pork. 
uh, the pork, pork ones. Just the pork. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just the pork. So last time I was in, in Vancouver, I found out they had a, uh, an extension of that, that restaurant. Um, I have to come up with the name of it. Again, it's in my travel notes. Uh, and my wife and I, we, we drove like a couple of hours to this restaurant in Vancouver just to eat Shanghai dumplings there. Was, was it worth it? <laughs> it was. It was. Okay, good. I love yeah. those things. <laughs> so every person, I've ever, every person I've ever known who's going to Hong Kong, I always tell them, here's the restaurant. Uh, here is, is Din Tai Fung, right? Isn't that the? Yes, uh, yes. Din Din Tai Fung. So yeah, anyway, I, give them, I tell them, here's where you need to go uh, to do it. Uh, so how did you go from a grocery bagger? What was the actual process in business going from a grocery bagger to becoming – I mean your website says you're the $50 billion man. <laughs> well, I'm not the $50 billion. My mentor is the $50 billion. Ah, okay. Excuse me. I misunderstood when doing my research. Mm. So with me, it's interesting because I was making minimum wage and I was looking for a way. I don't know how most people did it, but – one day I was – at the time I was still going through college and I stumbled upon a book. I was walking by a, a just a, a bookstore and I saw a book on the ground and I thought the title was interesting. It's called Think and Grow Rich by, <laughs> by Napoleon Hill. Right. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting title and I, I, don't, I don't read a lot of books at the time. I picked up the book and it was a used copy and it was selling for $2.95. I still have a copy in my library. I thought, you know what? I'll buy the book. And after I read through the book, I got the idea. Guess what the idea is, Joshua? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> I, I wanted to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And I want to make more money. I, I, this makes a lot of sense. And how these people – I was so inspired and motivated after I read the book. Then I was reading like all kinds of books on, on finance, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, uh, from Zig Ziglar, uh, more work from Napoleon Hill. Uh, I was what I would call myself an opportunity seeker, a business opportunity seeker. Mm-hmm. And I would got into all kinds of money-making opportunities. You know those uh, opportunity magazines like Home Business and, and uh, those type of deals. And I, I would buy those magazines and I would respond to those ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would respond to all kinds of ads. And, and with the little money that I have and, and, and also a uh, little money for my mom. And I would buy into all kinds of opportunities. But guess what? What happened? Didn't make a dime. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. It didn't, didn't make work. a dime. It, it, it did not make a. I did not make a dime. And I, I and I was curious. But one thing, one day, it just, it's. It, I had this aha moment. You know what? I'm not making a dime buying this crap. But the people selling this crap, maybe they're making money. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at the situation here. Okay, this guy is running some ads in some magazines and I'm sending him some money. I've never talked to him. I've never seen him. I was just responding. I was sending him checks. And I thought, this is interesting. At the time, I didn't know what this is. Now I know it's called copywriting or marketing. But I had no idea how how that works. I I was just fascinated by the whole thing. And then later on, it planted a seed in my mind. And then I was trying all kinds of stuff. I I had a a software company. I was trying to fix computers for people. I got into uh, network marketing, MLM, just like most people. I was jumping from one thing to another, looking for the answer. Now, the turning point for my life was when I first found my first mentor. Uh, His name is Alan Jacks. Uh, Alan at the time, he runs a very successful uh, financial seminar company, probably one of the most successful financial seminar companies in Canada called Business Breakthrough Technologies. And with Alan, he, he was the 
the first one that brought Robert Kiyosaki to Canada to speak. Mm-hmm. He was the first one that brought uh, a lot of great, great speakers and thinkers and thought leaders uh, to, to Canada. And he was doing a lot of these educational seminars. And maybe with a bit, little, little bit of luck, he, he liked me and he took me under his wing as a young guy. Uh, I worked for him for basically next to nothing for one year. I was going to the office. I was licking the stamps. Literally, I was licking the stamps. Uh, <laughs> and I was uh, taking the stuff to the post because he was doing a lot of direct mail at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I was going to the postal office. I was cleaning his office. I was just learning from him. Uh, that may not be the answer for everybody, but finding a mentor, that was the answer for me. So then from that point on, uh, after that one year, within that one year, he, he taught me marketing. He taught me how to, how to sell. He taught me how to, how to write copy, how to put words on a piece of paper and get a response from people. He calls it direct response marketing. So from that point on, uh, within that one year afterwards, and I was – Start start my own one man little one man little little advertising agency for at at a very young age, and because of the training I, I got from from Alan, I always called it the million dollar year of, of of my life because I got a million dollar years worth of worth of education from Alan, mm-hmm. and I was making about ten thousand a month uh, as a copywriter. Now keep in mind back then in my early twenties, that was it, it, it was a lot of money. Sure. It, it, it felt Still like a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a ton of money. I, mean, I was paying some of my debt, taking my mom, and putting a little bit of money aside, and ten grand a month. I mean, it was it was good. I I, I felt like uh, I, I felt like I made it. <laughs> and and then one day, um, a guy, a webmaster, was talking to me, and he said, "You know what, Dan? You need a website." I said, "What do I need a website for?" I don't know. You need a website, man, because he was trying to sell his website service. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can sell something on your on, on online. What am I going to sell? I mean, I'm already, already very busy with my clients. Or maybe you can sell a product or something. I don't know. I said, okay, well, let me think about it. Anyway, so I thought, well, maybe I'll put together some kind of a manual. So at the time, I, I wrote a, a book, a manual called Forbidden Psychological Tactics. And I wrote a book is actually to, to kind of educate consumers uh, what marketers do to influence consumers to buy stuff so they could protect themselves. That was my intention. But guess who was buying all the book? <laughs> the marketers. <laughs> the marketers. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't my intention. And I had, uh, I put it at a time, I was putting it in, in bulletin board, um, like uh, forums, I was just talking about it. And I, I got a call. I still remember. I printed about 100 copies of these things, selling it online for $19.95. That was it. And from that, so 20 bucks, and I got a call. I think, I think the first order was from the, from the States. Uh, I got a call from a gentleman. He said, you know, you still have – I saw your post online. You still have those books uh, available? Uh, I, I look in my garage – yeah, I got a few. <laughs> a few pallets worth. <laughs> just, just a few. Uh, I said, well, please send me a copy. I said, great. And then I think I charged him whatever, 30 bucks, you know, 20 for the thing and 10 bucks for shipping. And I sent to him and he sent me a money order. And that was a, a, big, a big moment for me because in my mind, it was a validation. Wow, this is interesting. It's the first time I actually sold something online. And this is amazing. I said, and, and then I think I sold 
or sold out 100 copies within like 30 days. So I made about, you know, a little bit of money. The, the thing costs about, about 15 bucks to, to, to print or something, and then and I made five bucks per copy. But it, it's a validation. It's a validation. So from there, I uh, started you know, uh, selling more books and I turned it into a, a digital version of it at the time, EXE file, believe it or not. Uh, and from there, I got into affiliate marketing, eBay. I was uh, importing stuff from Hong Kong, actually selling it on eBay. Uh, I was selling Bruce Lee collectibles. I'm a, friend of, I'm a fan of Bruce Lee. Uh, I was selling all kinds of stuff just on eBay. And click bang, and then and I was making a lot of money. At one point, I was one of the top I have multiple products in multiple categories uh, in, within ClickBank. That was that was good. Like I was making ridiculous amount of money. Um, and as a young guy, I've never seen so much money. And so from ClickBank, what's but that's good and bad because I, I have a lesson here I want to share with your audience uh, because. Money was coming in so fast at a time I didn't, I was, it was easy. It was easy making it. And I wasn't very good at saving it. So I would, let's say, go out for a drink with a bunch of friends. You could call them friends. And we would drop like two, three grand on a night. Mm-hmm. And I don't even freaking drink. <laughs> Everyone I'm, else had a good time, though. <laughs> yeah, everybody else like, had a good time. Like, what is this? And and I went through a period of time like that. Uh, I was so naive. I was you know, not very mature. I was trying to you know buy friendship or or love or what, whatever something was a void within me. Uh, probably because when I was growing up, I got beat up. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. So when I become successful, that's I thought that's what it takes to have friends. Of course, as you know, those are not true friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and through that period of time, and you know, I made it, and then just, just blow all blew all this money, and I thought this is this is not so good. <laughs> this is not so good either. Um, and, and basically, long story short, I hit millionaire status by the age of uh, twenty seven, and multi millionaire status by the age of thirty, and. Throughout that period of time, there's some ups and downs. We could go into that if you want. I'm 34 at the moment. Uh, but it's the last three, four years I've had some, some big, you would say, aha moments, some, some revelations of what, what actually money, business, or success is about. Tell me more. Tell me, what, tell me more of what you've learned. I think the first 10 years in, in my business career, uh, from my, my own perspective, Okay, put it this way. At the first, my first goal when I was online was marketing online. My whole focus was to make enough money, uh, have enough, because I was brain, brainwashed by a lot of gurus talking about, you know, you want to make enough passive income so that you could retire, right? Uh, and so you don't have to work. That was what I thought, you know, when my passive income exceeds my expense, I'm done. Bad idea. Uh, that's one thing I've learned. I've learned that my passive income is a myth. I've learned that uh, the whole why people get into internet marketing or internet business, why most of them fail because of the wrong expectation. Let me give you an, let me give an example. Let's say when, it, when, when people talk about passive income, most people associate passive income with no effort. It means quick. It means easy. Well, Joshua, let me ask you a question. If I, someone was to say, say to you, say, you know what? I want to be fit. 
uh, I, I want to be healthy. I just want some. I just want some passive health. <laughs> hey, I want that. <laughs> you can sell if you could sell that to me. I'd probably pull out my credit card. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I, I want some passive exercise here, man. <laughs> You're like, dude, what are you talking about? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll answer. I'll prove your point for you. Um, yeah. You see that that uh, machine that is sold? It's a very high dollar uh, direct marketing machine. It's sold. I, I don't know, but back a popular science. It's always a one page ad, and it's this weird looking thing um, that has all these arms and and the, the marketing copy is amazing on it about how it's it's been perfectly invented and it gives you a total body workout in in um, I don't know 15 minutes something you know 10 minutes something like that but the machine is thousands I I can't remember exactly I'll just guess ten thousand dollars that ad has been running in the back of popular science and many other magazines for as long as I can remember reading magazines and it just proves to me that you know copywriters don't keep things going that aren't working. People are desperate for that solution, that ten thousand dollars solution where they can get a full <laughs> body workout in no time, passive passive health and passive exercise. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know exactly the ad you you're talking about. I think it's also endorsed by Tony Robbins or something like that. It, it could be, could yeah. be, yeah. I know the ad. Uh, so exactly, uh, it's like also in relationship. It's like, hey, what if I tell my wife, you know, hey. Honey, you know what? From now on, we're just gonna have passive sex. Right. <laughs> You're gonna do all the work, and I'm just gonna lay lay there like a dead fish. Doesn't work uh, very well. Well, just how passionate our, our relationship be, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not how it works. But somehow, when it comes to business or money, I guess it sells. I mean, it's a good. It's like the four hour work week. I mean, I, I like Tim. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it, it's it's people think, oh yeah, like, because the concept of passive income is so dangerous. Because when you think most people associate with no work, and but the fundamental question when it comes to passive income, when people start a business, is what could I get away with? It's it's it starts off with a with a question. Well, you know what? What what can I? What can how can I have minimum input, yet I have maximum output? Well, that's not how life works. It's just not how life works. So it's very, very, very dangerous. Versus doing something that you're passionate about, delivering value in the marketplace, loving what you do, and actually create something that's cool, that is good for people. It's very, very different. Versus, I notice a lot of internet marketers, Joshua, you know that, they sell whatever products. They don't, they don't give a shit about those products. Mm-hmm. It's just one, I just want to make some money. And in, in some cases, you could make some money. But... Not the big money that you want, for sure. And usually those success, from my experience, don't last. So you have a digital product you're selling. You don't, you don't give a damn. After, you know what, six months, a year, stop selling or Google AdWords, uh, ad cost goes up. Your affiliate stops promoting, whatever it is. Uh, and then stops working. Versus, with, let's say, with what you do, you're very passionate about Educating people on finance, about educating people on financial freedom. So explain That's, to me, explain to me how you actually came to these realizations because you've skirted around all these businesses. I've I've been around the edges of them as well, but you've skirted yes. around these very. Uh, let me choose the word carefully. You've skirted around these questionable businesses and questionable and no, inv- just call them what is like <laughs> scams and, and all that crap yeah i mean right. I, I admit it and it's not that there's not some it's always challenging because it's not that there's some people who can't come out um better but there's a there's a whole lot of uh, you know as yourself there's a whole lot of empty checkbooks um in 
in the rearview mirror uh, when you were buying get-rich-quick opportunities. Yes. So what was the actual process to where you realized this? Did you have a failure? Did you have a success? Like what was the transformation and what do you do differently now versus what you were doing 10 years ago? Great question. So I think the big realization was when I was buying all this stuff and it didn't, it didn't work and I was looking for something outside of myself just fix my finance. And I think a lot of us go through the same journey that we, we get rich quick or, or we, we got involved with whatever opportunities because we wanted to do something. Uh, we want to want it quick versus focus, focusing on skills. Because look, I was trying about all kinds of opportunities until I found my mentor. What my mentor gave me was not the opportunity. What he gave me was skills. And what I've learned is it's, it's skills that makes you money. At the end of the day, it's skills that makes you money. It's not your idea. I, I mean, because I run one of the largest entrepreneurs group uh, in, in Vancouver, called Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group, with 1,400 members. And every time I do a, a meeting, that people would come up to me and say, you know, Dan, I've got a great business idea. I said, so what? It doesn't mean anything. Give, give, tell, me, tell me what you want to do. Uh, I, I want to be in the junk removal business. I want to be the hamburger business. I want to be in the restaurant business. I want, to, I want to sell whatever. I want to be the digital marketing business. Well, you know what? Whatever idea that you have, it's not that unique most of the time. Give me that one idea. I could go out. Give me a, give me a week. I, can, I could find one company that's made millions. I could find hundreds that's, that's gone broke. So then in business, what I've learned, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So it's your execution, it's your strategy, it's your implementation. So then I've learned that, you know what, the more skills I have, the, 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 the skill sets that can provide value in the marketplace, more skills, those skills I have, the, the higher level my skills are, the more money I make. And that's when I made a, made a change of instead of focusing on what's the next opportunity of lifetime, I'm just focusing on getting to work and improving myself. Uh, learning how to market, learning how to sell, learning how to negotiate, learning how to invest, learning how to do deals, uh, learning how to raise capital. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so back then, it's funny, because uh, uh, funny now, every, everybody talks to me like, oh, you know, Dan, you know, now everything you turn, you know, turns into gold. And I, I say to them, you know, my friend, you should watch me back then when everything I touch turns to shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the difference? It's, it's, it's the difference is the, who I am today and the knowledge, the business acumen and skills that I have, that's the difference. Expand on the list of skills. You just mentioned things like marketing, et cetera. What are the skills that lead to an entrepreneur being – or somebody – what are the skills that lead to somebody being able to build wealth? I would say the number – it boils down to communication. If you think about it, uh, to let's say the ability to sell. If you, you know how to sell, you probably never go – you will never starve. You can, you can make good money doing whatever in whatever industries. The ability to sell, uh, the, one-on-one or one-to-many. Uh, the ability to to communicate as in one on one or two groups of p- like public speaking uh, that 's why I encourage people to join Toastmasters because I joined Toastmasters and that completely changed my life uh, uh, such as how to market of course how to do market how to get how to attract customers 
and how to lead a team, which is also a form of communication. You're communicating, you're motivating your team, your employees, right? How to hire, how to, how to, how to do deals, uh, and then how to raise capital as an entrepreneur. Uh, but all those things, if you think about it, boils down to communication. Do you, um, did you consciously build the skills or did you recognize just one day, oh, these skills have been built? Was this a, for you, was this a, an intentional and proactive approach or did it wind up not just not, not just intentional, not even proactive. I was obsessed. You look at, look at athletes, look at world champions, uh, anyone who compete at, <clears throat> at, <clears throat> at Olympics. Do you think they just kind of practice a little bit or you think they practice every damn day? Every day. Every day to compete at that stage, uh, at a world stage like that with a lot of other very talented athletes. Well, in business, it's the same. And that's why I tell people, I don't watch sports. <laughs> I'm in Canada. I'm in Vancouver. I don't watch hockey. I don't, I don't follow any sports. I tell people, I don't need to watch sports, my friend. I'm playing the most competitive sports on the planet called business. It's 24-7. 365, and every day somebody's trying to kick your ass and grab your market share and take customers from you. Mm-hmm. I'm already playing the most competitive sport. Now, so somehow people can think, well, if I want to compete in Olympics, I got to practice every day. I got to hone my skills. I, I got I to work. But in business, that's not how people think. People read a book, uh, such as Think and Grow Rich or, or, or whatever, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And after three months, they get inspired and they go, and you know what? If I'm not, I don't quit my job and I don't, I'm not financially free within one year, I'm a failure. Where does that come from? Right. You don't say, you know what, I'm going to compete in, in, in swimming. Well, I practice, yeah, I go to the pool, maybe swimming pool once a week, part-time. And if I don't win the gold medal, I'm a failure. It's not how it works. So, very, uh, so constantly I'm working on my skills, even today. Uh, learning those skill sets, uh, that never stops. It's interesting how, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it seems like uh, this is uh, just my observation. This is the primary differentiator between people who who uh, who seem to experience success, uh, especially financial success, versus those who don't. You talk about writing this book about <laughs> psychological ways to defend yourself, or or. Mm. or uh, Trying to think of forbidden psychological tactics. Yes, yes. Uh, and you talk about uh, how the only people that bought it were the marketers, the people who were <laughs> proactively going out and building their skills, and and all yes. the people who could use the information to defend themselves don't seem to be knowledgeable or willing enough to go ahead and buy the book and learn how to defend themselves. <laughs> you brought up a great point. What I notice is, as a as a speaker, as a mentor for so many years now, is people who need the information the most. You could say success information or, or business building information. People who need the information the most don't seem to be seeking it. Uh, you could say a homeless person on the street. Then he's not reading Think and Grow Rich. Uh, it's the people who don't need it. It's people who need it the least. People who are already motivated, who, who want to do something, who, who want to make a change, uh, who, want to, who want to pursue the excellence. Uh, those are the people that Seek, seek out this type of inf- inf- information. 
I'd like to learn how you're actually doing this on a proactive basis. So we're doing this interview on a Tuesday. Feel free mm-hmm. to either pick yesterday or today. Uh, mm-hmm. And tell me about the normal course of your day, uh, how you structured your day, and how you are consciously and in a focused manner developing your skills. Mm. So it's a little bit different from where I am today versus when I was younger. I'll give you both versions because I think it's, it's, it's beneficial. So when I was younger, um, let me pick one skill because I think that would give you a better example. So let's say take public speaking. Public speaking at a time when I was honing my craft, I would go to Toastmasters once a week. I would do something every single week, uh, sometimes twice a week. And I would go to these clubs and I would deliver some kind of speech. It could be uh, being uh, a humor speech. It could be just table topic. It could be uh, anything, something every single week. And then in between, I, what I would do is I would pick up a book, uh, an English book, and I would just read through them, read it aloud to practice my learn more vocabulary, uh, expand my vocabulary, uh, practice my my pronunciation as an example, and and then when I was speaking, I would do you know presentation like becoming a professional professional speaker, uh, up, uh, not just doing presentations but dissecting what other speakers do, what did they say, how did they say it, oh that's an interesting story, uh, how do I craft those story? Uh, it's like people are always interested in the event but the problem is nobody wants to process instead of meeting a guy and saying wow you know he's very successful he's this is that i'm always interested in what's the process uh, a couple weeks ago i've had the privilege of doing an event in vancouver uh with the found uh, not with the ceo uh, of freelancer.com uh matt barry and so he built a company from basically zero to now over a billion dollars within just a few years. And everybody, and we had probably a couple people in, in the audience, a couple hundred people in the audience, and people were interested in the, more in the outcome. Um, and afterwards, I, had, uh, I was having a drink with, with Matt, and I was all about process. Tell me how to, just kind of like what you're doing. Joshua, right? It's what's the process? What did you do first? What's what are some of the turning points? And then and then what? Uh, how did you raise your first round of funding? Uh, and then when did you take the company to public? What were the challenges? What happens after you take it public? How do you manage your now global team? Right? All these things. I'm always curious. What's the process? I know you have a six pack app. Tell me how you get to that six pack apps. <laughs> right? What Indeed. what what? Yeah, what's what's the diet like? So, so that's I'm always so it's millionaires are forged by process. That process makes millionaires, uh, and every we've all got a process. You, you, we all have a process at the moment. If you're broke, you have a process. The way you have a process, how you make the money, how you not save the money, how you waste the money. There's a millionaires also have a process. How we make it, how we save it, how we multiply it. Now, for today, uh, my my own uh, routine is it's let's let me take a look at my agenda because every day is a little bit different. Uh, but I would say I would spend more majority of my time on the phone, uh, probably sixty percent of my time on the phone uh, every day. To say after this interview, I have basically back-to-back appointments with a lot of my business partners and uh, operators of various businesses. Uh, and I spend a lot of my time just coaching them in a way, 
uh, being a strategist, they would tell me what they're working on, report to me to uh, their progress, and I would do that. Uh, in between, I also devote probably about, I would say, 10 to 15% of my time on, on personal branding, that, like, such as an interview like this. Uh, so I strive to give one interview, give one interview per week uh, on various channels such as your show or other podcasts or TV. I was just on TV last Friday uh, or in magazines, something like that. And I strive to conduct one interview for my own show, Shoulders of Titans, where I interview uh, an entrepreneur every single week, uh, once, once a week. So that's 52 times a year for myself, 52 times I interview somebody else. Um, and then I strive to also do probably one presentation, one, one speech at some place once a month, uh, so 12 times a year. Last year was a little bit crazy, probably close to 20. So that's for personal branding side. So I would say that's, that's my day, now most of my day. What types of businesses are you actively involved with at this point? Uh, I have a business in e-commerce, jewelry. Uh, e- e-commerce is a big part of it. I have real estate. I have a skincare line. I have a jewelry a brand that I market. I have uh, digital marketing, obviously, software, digital marketing service. Uh, I have, I'm trying to think, uh, a B2B well, we also service one of the we are one of the largest uh, digital marketing firm for audiologists uh, in the states, uh, and many more. I, I can't remember them all, but a dozen of them. <laughs> are all of your businesses information businesses, or are no, you involved no. in any bricks and mortar traditional type no, of business? The, not not bricks and mortars because I don't like retail. I used to have a whole a chain of salons uh, in Vancouver. I sold them all. Uh, made a little bit of money from that. But now I, I, like, I, like, I like stuff that's scalable. Uh, the only brick and mortar that I have, not retail, but it's real estate. Uh, so my, my concept is, is quite simple. I teach a concept actually called Wealth Triangle. If you're interested, I can get into a little bit. Please. Uh, so Wealth Triangles, what I teach is for any, anyone who was interested in, in, in the path of financial freedom or financial independence, the journey that I went through. So you think in terms of a Wealth Triangle, there are three corners, Correct. Uh, the bottom left corner, you have what I call high income skills. High income skills. Notice the word skills again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I define high income skills are uh, any skills that could make you $100,000 or more per year. $100,000 or more per year. Uh, that's the very first step. So it could be at the time, my high income skill was copywriting. Um, then I developed other high income skills such as public speaking such as consulting, uh, such as uh, you know, being a seminar promoter. So those type of businesses, so skills. Then once you have the skills, so you have income. Now when you're making, I don't, uh, for people, uh, that's what I notice. When you're making more than, I don't know, let's say around 10 grand a month, let's say 120K a year, for most people, you're, for most people, you're pretty comfortable. Unless you know you, you just blow the money, but for most people, you're pretty comfortable. I mean, you, you're paying the bills. You are. You, I mean, you've got a you've got a home. You've got a car. You, you, you're taken care of. You're stable, right? Um, so from that from that place, then you can go to level two, which is the top corner. What I call scalable business, not passive income business. Scalable business. Uh, something that's scalable. It could be internet business, it could be e-commerce business, it could be, could be any businesses, uh, but scalable business. Something can scale up. 
So that what that does, it scalable business provides you with cash flow. What most people, how they make the mistake is they want to jump into scalable business, but they have no skills. They have no, no business skills whatsoever. They say, I want to start a business. And that's why most businesses fail in the first five years. First five years. So once you have that, that provides you with cash flow. So one, high income skills provide you with income. Scalable business provides you with cash flow. Once you make a lot of money, you have good cash flow coming in from your business. Now you can go to the third corner is what I call high return investments. High return investments. And there are many, many types of investments, uh, different from everybody. My, my thing is real estate, but it could be other things for other people. Um, that builds your net worth. It gives you a little bit of cash flow, of course, but I make way more money for my business than, than, my, than, my, than my real estate. Uh, so it's cash flow, it's appreciation, it's tax advantage. So from there, then all that, you build your net, build your net worth. And then you take some of that money, you go back and invest in your skills. So you can see how it's a very positive cycle. It goes into a cycle like that. More skills, more money, put into your business, grow the business, make more cash flow, put in into some kind of investments. And investment builds your net worth. You get a good return from it. And it goes in, into like that. So that's, that's the path I teach people. And anyone that I meet, I can very quickly tell them, hey, you know what, you're thinking of, it, that's how people get into trouble. They read a book and they go buy. I have a friend of mine who, who read, um, I forgot which book, some real estate book. He's working at a job, making two, three grand a month. And he went out there, I bought three properties, nothing down. Okay. And then one property, he couldn't find a tenant for three months. One property, uh, the plumbing stopped working and cost him a whole bunch of money. Had to foreclose, foreclose the banks foreclose all three properties. And you know, he, he, was, he was bankrupt. Did he not have any money? He, he, the reason was he didn't have any money saved before he bought the properties? He had no money. Right. Okay. He just read a book. Thought it was a good idea. Get rich quick. Right. Nothing down. What could be so bad about it? <laughs> just put it on a credit card, right? <laughs> and, and, and so, but because he, had, he doesn't have high income skills and he doesn't have scalable businesses. How would somebody – would you advise somebody – who is not currently participating in any of those three categories? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not earning ten thousand a month. They're earning, say, median income fifty thousand a year. So let's call it four thousand a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a business. They're working as a as an employee, and they don't have any high return investments other than possibly you know the money that's in their four hundred one k. They get twenty thousand dollars in a four hundred one k. Would you advise somebody to walk through that triangle in order? Yes. Uh, why? Yes, ab- absolutely. Because when when it's unlike what most people talk about, that they such they have such a negative feeling towards having a job. Like, oh, you know, if you have an employee, you're you're so bad, and 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 you have to be, you know, you quit your job and jump into entrepreneurship. I, I'm an advocate for entrepreneurship, but I don't advise people to do that because business is tough. <laughs> business is very tough. And chances of, of you failing is very, very high. Like if we, if we were to bet, chances of anyone has an idea, they want to make that successful, chances of, of them, that, that person failing is very high. So when someone is making 10000 a month as a, with their skills, it tells me a couple of things. It tells me probably that person has good work ethics. Probably. Some good behavior, some good habits, uh, delivering value to the marketplace, working with clients, probably decent people's skills. 
manages himself de- reasonably. Okay, so it's that's that's how he get a ten thousand a month. So less than less than six percent of population makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Less than one percent of the population makes over three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. So when you're in that six percent category, the hundred grand a year mark, it tells me something about you. So from that place. Not from a place of desperation that I started this business, man. I just quit my job. I've got you know three months, six months, one year savings. I got to make this business work. Well, that's the worst time to start a business. When you need the business to work, when you are desperate, uh, when, you, uh, when you are just kind of backed up in the corner and, and you have no time. Because it always takes more time than you think. It costs more than you think. You think it's going to cost you 20 grand to start a business, it's going to cost you 50 grand. You think it takes you six months to be profitable, it takes you two freaking years, right? Or three years. And what if it's not profitable? What if it's, it's never, it, never, it never takes off like the way you think and imagine? Now what? Now can you go back and get a job? Probably not from the same company. You put yourself in a very bad situation, financially speaking. So high income skills, absolutely. So, so for someone making 4000 a month, I would, I would start what I call a side hustle. Some kind of, not business, some kind of a gig you could do on the side using your skills, using your knowledge, using your expertise, something. I mean, I have students who are making that kind of money, let's say through search engine optimization, through digital marketing. As a copywriter, uh, I have another guy who comes to my group who makes 10 grand a month as a ballroom dancer, instructor. Hmm. Awesome. Like there's so many ways you can do it. And that's completely fine. And then take that money and then you start a business. How many hours a week do you work? Now, I would say I'm, I'm not even counting. Uh, but I would say every day at least, at least 10 hours a day. Do you, do you take a day off a week or two days off a week? Or do you work seven days a week? No, I, work, I probably work six days a week. Do you, do you have children? No. Not yet. I just got I just got married last year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you think that life cycle has something to do with this? Like meaning that you've worked very hard in your twenties uh as a single man, uh so you had a little bit more flexibility over your time. What do you tell to people who are in a different situation? They say, Hey man, that sounds great, Dan. I'd like to <laughs> be able to do those things, but man, look, I got two kids, I got a mortgage. What would, how would you advise someone to think through that situation? I would say don't 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 use your kids as an excuse not to do this. Use your kids as a reason why you want to do this. Uh, and it's not just uh, yeah, I was single, I was this and that. I sacrifice a lot. I pay the price. It's always pay price. There's one thing I learned from a mentor is pay price to action. That you going through college, I didn't party. I was working. I didn't take vacations. I was working. When all my friends are out there drinking, partying, I was, I was working. Uh, but look where they are today. Think. I mean, some of them, you know, struggling, couldn't get a job and all, the, all these things. Uh, so I paid the price. I, 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 pay, I did what most people weren't willing to do. So, so you know, people talk about there's a quote, entrepreneurs doing what, you know, people don't want to do for a few years. So you can do what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, and so it's not, don't use that as an excuse. And I work harder 
today than I was many years ago because I still work very hard. I love what I do, and that's why I don't believe in the concept of retirement. I retired at the age of 27. I was sitting on a beach for two months, bored out of my mind. Not that's not what life is about.、Uh, you think in terms of the people、uh, at some of the most wealthiest, most successful people. Let's say the the Forbes four five hundred, Warren Buffett, the Bill Gates, the all of them. Well, none of none none of them have retired, quote unquote. They have retired. I could tell you that, but they have not retirement. Doesn't mean you don't do because most people. Here's what I've learned: most people. Don't actually want to retire and do nothing, because life is about progress and contribution. So most people just want to do what retired people do, right? They they want to be able to to take that vacation. They want to have the choices. They want to do buy whatever they want. That's retirement. Well,、uh, the wealthiest and most successful people on the planet they have retired. They have retired in their companies. That's what they love to do. That's what they want to do. They don't need more money. If you think in terms of financial freedom, they could have retired many years ago. They don't need to work. After you make, I mean, for most people, after you make a few million dollars, unless you want to buy a private jet or yacht or something, you make a couple million bucks, you're pretty comfortable. So versus, so why do we still keep working? Because it's progress. Then it's no longer just about ourselves and making enough money, paying the bills, or or having a materialistic things. It's about It's more a self-actualization process. It's about growing ourselves. It's more about making a difference now for others and what we can do and to contribute to others.、Uh, and but it's a process people have to go through. First, understand, focus on yourself, take care of your family. Once you do that, you can now think more, think bigger. How can you use your your talents, your skills, to to make the world、uh, a better place, to to do more, to leave a legacy. I'd、like to ask about how you manage your time and your、mm. calendar and your schedule. Are you a very、uh, scheduled, disciplined person? Where、yes. every hour? Okay. Tell yes, me、I. how you approach your time management philosophy. That's a good question. I love it.、Uh, I, I, some people might say I'm a little bit difficult when it comes to,、um, let's say, getting getting to me. So everything I do is it, it's tightly scheduled.、Uh, some most of the time, weeks in advance. And so that's number one. So I basically schedule my appointment in fifteen minute increment,、uh, increment, increment, fifteen minute. So when I have a consulting call, i.e.,、uh, is fifteen minute increment. So in this case, this podcast is one hour, right?、Um, if I have a call with my、uh, business partners, usually it's about thirty minute or so. If it's another podcast interview, it could be thirty minute. So tightly schedule, and I don't. Almost ninety nine percent of the time, I don't take any unscheduled incoming calls. I just don't do that. So my phone is actually unplugged most of the time, unless I have an appointment.、Uh, so I don't get I don't get a lot of interruptions. I think that's the key: work without distractions and interruptions. Not someone calls you, and sometimes people are shocked. They're in a meeting with me. Sometimes when I do、uh, something, when I'm there the whole day, my phone I never answers my cell phone. I just don't because I want to be a hundred percent focused. 
so that's that's just the way I do it. I also do time blocking, so I block up my time to do my thing. So in the morning, so before this call, uh, I had like a morning ritual. You know, I do yoga, I do a an exercise, what I call attitude of gratitude, focus on what I'm grateful for. It takes about 10, 15 minutes um, to do. And then I would plan out kind of a little bit of my day, what are the six major things I want to accomplish. And I do a little bit of thinking time, just thinking time. So I always devote a little bit of time in the morning just to think. Uh, and I do that pretty much every day. So that's how, it's very simple. Time blocking, uh, make people know that uh, and train people how to respect your time, respect your time, and, and be obvious about it. And be obvious about it. And people will know. Like my friend will not call me up and say, hey, Dan, can you help me move, move, move my house? <laughs> <laughs> not because I'm 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 financially well off. They just no, I don't do that kind of stuff. You want to talk business? You want to talk life? You want to dig deep? Let's let's go. Moving, not my thing. <laughs> Who have been the three most influential people in your life? Ah, good question. So the first one, definitely, it's it's my mom. Okay, it's definitely my mom because my mom just. She gave up a lot, just a lot for me to taking care of me for many years. Um, so my mom, my mom is like an angel. Uh, she's one of those person that has, she can make friends wherever she goes. Like she's friends with people at the supermarket. She, she's friends with the waitress. She's friends with everybody. I don't know how she does it. I still don't know how she does it. She just has so many friends and people love her, adore her. Uh, just incredible. So my mom would be the first one. Um, I learned a lot from her. Um, second one would be my uh, first mentor, Alan Jacks. Uh, he taught me marketing, copywriting, uh, taught me how, you know, human psychology, how all that works. So I would say, and Alan actually gave me the name. My name at a time was actually Daniel. That was my name, Daniel Locke. And one day I was sitting in his car and we were driving and he said, you know what, you should make your name shorter. Make it Dan, just Dan Locke. Has more punch. I said, okay. <laughs> I know, and, and I have to say it works out pretty well. So that, that's, I, I thank him for that. Um, the third one, obviously, it's, uh, that's my second mentor. His name is Dan Pania, and that's what you saw on the website, The $50 Billion Man. Uh, the $50 came from that he has created a value and equity for himself, uh, which he turned a company from $800 to $450 million, uh, in the oil industry. And also for his uh, students, his mentees, uh, a lot of them are very, very successful, high-end, you know, executive CEOs. So I would say Dan Pania, he, he changed my life, definitely. You've obviously consumed a lot of personal development literature, advice, um, input over the years. Yes. Yes. Uh, starting with, I mean, he wasn't the granddaddy. He didn't wasn't original with the ideas, but he was. He's well. He's out well known as the granddaddy of personal development of, of Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, which of that type of input has been the most meaningful to you? Who, whose teachings, whose resources, courses, etc.? It's like the question people ask me all the time that, you know, what's the one book you recommend? <laughs> and I always reply, all of them. <laughs> because the books that you don't read don't help. And I, and I don't know your situation, your circumstances enough to know which book is helpful for you. Uh, I have over 2,000 books in my library. I've got 5,000 books on Kindle. I still read about one or two books per week. 
Uh, and when I'm driving, it's it's audible. It's it's MP3s, it's podcasts. Uh, so all I'm in Brian Tracy, Sig Ziglar, uh, all of them. I like all of them. I, I don't want to pinpoint and say, oh, because I learned something from all of them, even the bad ones, even the bad ones. So you're you're jumping right into the question, and I and I I wholeheartedly agree with you in that. I simply look when I consume content. I'm looking for one idea, uh, one yes. idea that can be implemented, and you'll find them in the most unique places you never thought you'd find it. You can always get one good idea out of a bad conference. You can find one thing worth <laughs> worth hearing from a bad business meeting. You can always, if you make a note of it and you're looking for the one idea, uh, you'll always find it. But my next question was, as a wide consumer, whose advice or input did you at the time say, man, this is awesome, and now from a more mature perspective, uh, you look and say, it didn't really help me that much? Hmm. That is a good question. So at the time I read it, it was awesome. And then now looking back, didn't help me that much. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. Nothing comes to my mind because if I find it helpful at a time, um, I, I, I couldn't think of any. I truly couldn't think of any. It's a good question. Uh, because I, as I said, I think every book, every workshop, there's just something there. Uh, I still find it helpful. Uh, I, I think I, one, one, if there's one point I want to leave to, to your audience is, is, is about, I think, being resourceful. That there's, there's something you can learn from everybody. And there's always, because most people would say, oh, you know, there's nothing I can do. That's, that's just the way it is, man. No, there's always something you can do. Always something. It's not lack of resources. It's lack of resourcefulness, right? Uh, people say, I don't have money. I don't know enough people. I don't have enough experience. All of that. It's all resources, external factor. But when you're resourceful, you, you can make it happen. And funny thing is, you know, when you're success, successful or not, like millionaires, we don't use our own money anyway. We, you know, we use other people's money. There's not so much money. It's skills. When you have the skills, uh, maybe a little bit of track record, and people, people will throw money at you. So money is not an issue. I mean, you talk to anybody. I mean, just yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, from New York, owns a, a private equity firm, who was just calling me, hey, Dan, you've got any deals? It needs funding. <laughs> There's more money chasing fewer deals nowadays. So money is, is never the issue. It's just a limiting belief. Yeah, money seems to be the issue up front. But when you have the skills and you've demonstrated a track record of consistency, people with money are looking for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got to start yeah. with demonstrating the skills and demonstrating uh, a track record. The reason yes. I'm probing on – I'm going to ask a, a, the question slightly differently. The reason I'm probing yes. on the personal development thing is because uh, you and I have consumed many of the same information and I, much of the same information. And yes. uh, there are common themes that have been – influential in my life, uh, that even themes that you've expressed that longtime listeners of the show will recognize that are things I've often expressed on the show. Uh, but I'm also concerned that there have been a lot of people hurt by uh, less than – there have been a lot of people hurt by gurus. Uh, mm. And especially in our modern in, – in the ways that they've been hurt is they have bought into the motivational message without 
committing and following through on the back end to put in the work. They bought into the passive income idea without recognizing the fact that this person also it, it needs to come with 60 hours a week of work. Oh, yeah. So, okay, I got it. I got it. Now, now, you, I, I, see what, I see where you're, going, right. where you're coming from. Right. I got it. Okay. And now when you dig behind it, what you always find is a good uh, – a good I would say a straightforward person is going to say, "Hey, here's here's something catchy. Here's a catchy title. But now here's 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 the story. You know, Tim Ferriss in writing the Four Hour Work Week, he'll be the first to admit it, the title is intended for you to pick up the book. But the book is not. The book is filled with useful and actionable and practical tips and techniques. Uh, and, and knowing Tim, I guarantee you, he doesn't work four exactly. hours. Exactly. He doesn't even sleep four hours. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, I always just get, I get a little concerned though because there have been a lot of people who have been separated from a lot of money uh, yes. and have been which has resulted in 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 a great deal of of damage and so my desire is to help people have a filtering mechanism where they can take the good ah, but also yeah. know how to balance themselves as an example um, if so, someone's going to go out and buy a thirty thousand dollar mentoring you know you you've you've used the word mentor several times yeah. and the word mentor is something that that has often been used people say okay you need a mentor so therefore you should pay me thirty thousand dollars to be your buy, mentor buy my, buy my coaching program exactly. buy my whatever seminar. Exactly. yeah and I believe that there's there are many people who could benefit from a thirty thousand dollar coaching program and you know i try to reinvest a certain percentage of my income constantly back into my personal development and if you think about the fact that okay if you're making $4000 a month let's say you're going to invest 10% back into yourself if you're making $4000 a month you got to find a lot of resources and materials to invest 10% of your income back into your into yourself if you're making $40000 a month you're going to need to upgrade your mentors. You're going to need to upgrade your, your, the cost of the seminars you're going to, and you're going to need to find that higher-level information. Um, so that said is, is the reason I'm probing on this. I want to know, as a broad consumer of personal finance literature, have you developed a framework, any type of filtering mechanism, any mm. useful questions that you apply when you're listening to a new podcast, a new YouTube channel? Because this stuff is everywhere, Dan, and I'm really concerned about how – there's just a lot of scammers out there. And so have you oh, yeah. built any useful defense mechanisms to filter through and take the good but be wary of the bad? That's such a good question. And, and I share the same concern. And if you anyone's familiar with, with my work and what I stand for, I hate those damn gurus. I hate those gurus. Uh, I think it's a, such a great question. I think, first of all, everyone has to go through stages. Okay, At first, I think they need to... Just learn as much about success, personal development, setting goals. Let's, let's call it building the foundation, okay? That develop those habits of excellence, setting goals and, and communication skill, ba- all the basic stuff. You go through a period of time, but not to become what I call a success junkie. You see those people at these motivational seminars all the time. Um, last year, I was attending Tony Robbins' uh, Unleash the Power Within. And I was talking to a guy. And he was like, you know what? I've been to Tony's events eight times. I said, you, I said you, you've come back to unleash the power within eight times? Yeah, man. Look at my badge. Eight times. I look at him, man. I mean, okay, good for you, man. <laughs> but as, I, as far as I'm concerned, the message is you have all the power, isn't it? You, it all the power is within you. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, yeah, take Tony's artist workshop. I like Tony's. Uh, but I'm like, Shouldn't you just go and, and do stuff and you have all the power, you have all the tools now? Why you come back? Oh, because I get motivated. What have you done since the last first seminar? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. 
So, so the people go both for the high, they go for the motivation, and they keep attending workshops and seminars and go through. So they become a success junkie. That's, that's not good. Uh, it's very simple. So first, go through that period of time where, yes, study the Brian Tracy, study the Zig Ziglar, study the Napoleon Hill, uh, uh, all the Nightingale content stuff. Study all of that for a couple of years. I think it's a good thing because most people, we need to get our head screwed on straight. Let's put it that way, right? Go through that. Once you are... You know what? I, I, I am very positive. I, I think positively. Uh, I have some of these. You need to have a good solid foundation. Okay. Then I think you need to develop what I call, again, skills and business acumen. The filter is actually, Joshua, it's very simple. When you want to look for a mentor or buy the thing or the program or this and that, just look. Have they been there and done that? Are they still doing it? Consider the source. So if a, a guy is selling your coaching program, whatever, and most of the coaches, quite frankly, they're broke. And they're teaching you how to improve your business. Most business coaches are broke. Most prosperity you know, gurus have no prosperity. A person know a lot of them. Yet they're teaching you this stuff, and, and that shows you. So where? So it's very simple. You ask the question. Okay, so you you're gonna teach, you're gonna sell me your whatever program, coaching program. What have you done? And you notice most of them, they're running some kind of program. They're reading some kind of scripts from Utah, maybe <laughs> uh, some kind of coaching floor. And there's a huge business to be done in in in, in those cities, um, scams, and and you look at that. That eliminates ninety nine percent of people you learn from, yeah. and that's when I first when I found my mentor, uh, Dan Pena. You know what? Dan is a guy who's been there and done that, still does it. Made four hundred fifty million dollars when the oil during the oil crisis. You know what? That's a guy I want to learn from. So I just look for mentors who who's been there and done that. It's very simple. It saves you a lot of time and a hassle. That's the the only filter you need. Right. Right. <laughs> it, Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you go to, it's like it's like a lot of like you're gonna buy real estate, and the guy's teaching you how to buy real estate. Well, how many properties does he own right now? Not ten years ago, right now. So here's my here's my rebuttal, and I'm gonna uh, I'll give you my rebuttal, and feel free to disagree with me, but I'm interested to know. I don't I don't like that as being the standard filter because yeah. sometimes for somebody to be a, a great coach they don't necessarily have to be the world's greatest expert. And so I mean the classic example would be Tiger Woods coach is not as good of a golfer as Tiger Woods is, but he's a world-class coach. Now oh, yes. that could be applied to other areas. And so yes. for, for example, um with me with radical personal finance, uh I have made very clear from the beginning that I am not teaching this show from the perspective of I'm not teaching this material and saying, look, I'm a multimillionaire. I was financially independent at 30 because I wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. What I can identify, however, is many of the mistakes that I made and I can identify clearly where I went wrong and I know exactly what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. so I can present the concept and the materials in a way where I demonstrate here's what I'm doing. Here's what works. I can share with you the knowledge that I have gained, and I believe I can make things a little bit more accessible simply due to the fact that I am still going through the process myself. Mm. Now, my money has to be where my mouth is. I cannot uh, – if I were somehow disingenuous and trying to portray myself as something uh, that I'm not uh, or if I were trying to say 
if I weren't able to back up and say, here's the concept and leave the audience free to consider it, I would consider that a problem. Uh, but I don't. I don't – I'm not um, – I'm not trying to portray myself in any way that I'm not. But I don't believe that simply because I'm not yet financially independent, uh, I don't believe that disqualifies me from providing useful information for how to for how to do it. I am a subject matter expert. I'm a student of it. I've, I've gone the expert route and I can actually identify things. And I'll tell you, this was going to be my last question as we wrap up here, uh, was related to your podcast. You, you, you're doing this podcast called Shoulders of Titans yes. and um, you're, the tagline – conversations with today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. Mm. And I'll tell you my uh, – one of the things that I focus on and, and I'm interested in your, your, your concept. But I often don't find the message of people who have been incredibly productive with income, who have, who have reached the, the top of their, uh, their businesses, uh, people who have built it and who have done it. I don't find that their message often resonates with me or with other people because they have forgotten about some of the difficult years. It's funny. I, I So my wife and I, we have two young children and I often talk with my parents about uh, parenting and in fact, my dad and I actually do a podcast on parenting and I always chuckle because my mom, I love her dearly. She's a wonderful lady but she has completely forgotten it seems like what it's like to work with babies <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the human mind has a has an ability it seems to um, and, and that's probably too, too strong. She knows how to work with babies. She can take care of a baby, but she's blocked out a lot of the the challenges that she faced because that just is not relevant to her anymore. And mm-hmm. so, when you make a, a statement like um, "turn your turn your um, you know turn your phone off and don't answer the phone," uh, somebody who's in the stage where their job requires them to answer the phone, mm-hmm. that type of advice doesn't necessarily resonate, and they don't know how to go from here to there. And so, I often find it difficult to gain from. Uh, it's difficult. In real estate, it's very difficult. I can't gain from somebody who's running. I can learn a little bit, but it's hard for me to relate to somebody who is uh, who has a portfolio of, of 500 properties. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little easier to relate to the portfolio of the guy who has five properties. Now, yes. in the future, I'll be able to relate to the person with 500 properties. But today, I, I can't because I'm still figuring out how do I get my five to, to, to go. So you get, do you get my point? I don't Absolutely. love that as a standard because under that standard, I should always be talking to the person who's way down the road. But often the person who's way down the road, they're in a different mindset. They've experienced something different. So someday I may be where they are and I may be able to, to gain from them. But sometimes, you know, the, I, I think the very best person to teach first grade is a second grader, mm. not necessarily the teacher who has a PhD. It's a second grader who's learned the first grade material and who can convey that effectively. Now, we need the person with the PhD because the second grader is going somewhere. But I think there's a real balance there uh, in terms of consuming advice. So feel free to respond or rebut that um, from your perspective. Great points. Uh, I think going back to your um, the first the first question, uh, I think what you're referring to, I totally agree. I mean, I have coaches in my life. I have a relationship coach. I have a fitness coach. Uh, I have a a, a, a kind of accountability coach. Um, he's a coach, but he's not my mentor. So there's a difference between a coach. A coach is there to. Uh, uh, to push me, he he's there to to uh, extract what's already within me. To ask powerful questions, profound questions that maybe I already know the answers to. Right, so that's different. There's a there's a difference. So a coach, 
a mentor, and then you can have advisors and experts. So just let's say I just recently hired someone to who's a YouTube expert, and he he's going to be managing optimizing my YouTube channel. That's fine. I mean, he knows YouTube more than I do. That's perfect. Doesn't mean he makes more money than I do, but that's perfectly fine. So I have those people in my life, uh, advisors, uh, experts. But when I when I'm talking about that one person, that mentor, that's a different story. Because you could have advisors, you could have coaches, and all, all that is great. But what changed my life is when I found that one person. And, I, and, and Mr. Penny has been my mentor of more than seven, eight years now. It's a very different type of relationship. Alan has been my mentor for more, a decade now. You know, uh, I'm, I'm still seeing him once a month. Uh, it's a different type of relationship. That, that's what, I, what I'm referring to. Now, going back to uh, the second part of, of, of your um, the, the discussion, I absolutely uh, agree. I absolutely agree with, um, with everything you said, actually, that I think you made a great point. You were saying, um, well, give me the last question again. Just simply talking about how sometimes the, the, the world's leading experts are difficult to relate to for someone who's still in, the, yes. in a different yes. place. Yes, great point. So with uh, Shoulders of Titans, it's my audience. When I, if I was, it's not targeting to people who are in transition. It's not targeting to people who are. When I, when I set out to do the show, it's because it's more of a passion project for myself. Uh, that, you know what, if I could have a conversation with all the people that I know or people I would like to have a conversation with, uh, who are the, the people that I would like to interview? So, and that's why I don't, my, I'm very, very clear, my target market is uh, established entrepreneurs who want to go to the next level. Uh, not a startup, otherwise I would call it startup something, right? Or, or I, would, I would call the show something totally different. And the branding would be done differently. Mm-hmm. And if you go to showdowstitans.com, it's very clear. You can look at the brand, look at the color, look at what I do. And even the, the opt-in, the interview that I did with um, the developer of Trump Tower. It's very clear who I want the listeners to be. And it's not, it's not for everyone. Just like your show is not for everyone. Right, right. Uh, just like we have a, a target market in our mind. And that's why. Um, that's, and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, some of the concepts people are talking about, you know, raising a hundred million dollars. It's, it's, it's like, Dan, I'm trying to f- make my first 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. You're talking hundred million. What the hell? Right. Yeah. Not go through your stage first. Just like you said, I totally agree. The best one, the best teachers for teach, teacher, first grader, second grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're, when you're there, then third grader, fourth grader. So this is more like the university. This is more the kind of the Harvard for, for entrepreneurs. And, and because, because if I, I see myself, I interview people who are, who are getting started, I, I would just get bored. <laughs> so it's, it's right. more on, only amusement. I, I want a challenge. I want to interview some guy that's like, wow. Like I think I'm doing good, but man, you're doing some pretty cool stuff. Right? Like how you do that? Um, just to, to just keep keep myself in, in, uh, interested in the project. Right. Uh, so that's why. Yeah, and that's where that's what I love about the the modern access. That, well, that's what I love about media. Is I wouldn't necessarily hire. Uh, I, I'm not in a position where I could implement the strategies of hiring 
I don't know, Jack Welch lives near me. I couldn't hire Jack Welch to be my business coach. Yes. Um, I'm not at that stage where I can uh, – where I need him. But through the use of media, by reading his books, by reading his articles, uh, by listening to his interviews or if someone has a podcast, by consuming his advice, I'm, uh, I allow myself a little peek into the way that he thinks. Yes. And then I can think about is there something there that he's got that I don't have, some way that I can look at my situation and – and and see and that's why I mean I've never seen I mean you've you've proved it all through this interview that's why exposure to a broad amount of ideas information things that aren't directly applicable it, just the exposure and chronicling and cataloging those ideas they come out when you need them and you recognize ah I'm in a position that I wasn't before now here's the path I'm going to and so it is very valuable to consume but it's not necessarily the most practical today it's like one thing I'll leave you with one 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 idea it's like many years ago I fuck think you think about entrepreneurship I would I, I mean I've started company, I've turned around companies and I always want to start stuff because entrepreneur we like to create. Um and I would you know just uh, learn, digest a, a lot of information on how to start a company. A lot of com- so now my at this stage of my life I I tell everybody I don't want I will not and I don't want to start another company. Either I want to buy one, or I want to invest in one. I want to partner in one, but I will not start one. Period. Right. So, but so again, different stage of life. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and you have different a, a different background. That's uh, I teach a there's a concept um, that that feel free if you find it useful. But we don't think about things in terms of what I think of as a lens of scale. Uh, and so one of the th- things that's most important is we always have to apply where we are in life uh, to and apply that filter over the information that we have. If you make $50,000 a year, uh, you don't need real estate as a depreciation uh, for a depreciation <laughs> write-off. Yeah. There are enough very simple things that you have no need for. If you make $500 million a year, investing some money in the local mall and being able to use the depreciation uh, expense might be very useful to you. Uh, yes. And so even with investing, I believe we should always apply the same lens of scale to investing. Uh, when you are making a minimum wage, perhaps the most effective thing that you can do is to buy books and cut your grocery budget. But on the flip side, when you've got a few million bucks in the bank, dickering with your grocery budget is not going to make any meaningful impact in your life. But learning how to develop the skills of negotiating a couple million dollars off of a construction deal, that'll make a huge difference. So ignore the grocery budget and focus on the coaching from a world class negotiator, so that you can learn how to uh, how to how to uh, invest more effectively. And when you've got a couple million bucks, you don't want to be going down and doing a startup where you're competing with every other punk twenty you know twenty year old young man <laughs> or woman. You want to be dealing in a world where you go from thousands of uh, of competitors to just a few, and you yeah. want to figure out what do I have to leverage in this situation that's really going to impact my results. So. That's, Great advice. that's how I look at it. Love Dan, it. this has been fun. Uh, your website is danlock.com, podcast shouldersoftitans.com, uh, and also it's in the, it's in the app store. So um, you tell us about that. Tell us about your media. I know you're building a YouTube channel. Um, people want to get more involved with your content. Share with us uh, all the places you're active and busy, please. Yeah, I would say danlock.com, D-A-N-L-O-K.com. Uh, that's the best place. And then uh, shouldersoftitans.com, that's my podcast, where 
every single week I interview a a multimillionaire uh, entrepreneurs or billionaire entrepreneurs, uh, and then for my YouTube channel, you can just type in Danlock D A N L O K dot com. Uh, type in Danlock in, in the search box in YouTube. Um, that's where I give all my content away for free. I don't. I don't do. I, I still teach at my Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group locally, and I record it and I put it online. And I just give away my content. I don't do training, bootcamp, or whatever course, those type of things. I give all my content away for free. Uh, so that's my way of, of giving back. Uh, I don't, it's, it's the other day I, I get an email from, from a, what a subscriber and say, hey, you know, Dan, how, don't, how come you don't send us emails? I said, I don't, I don't, have, e- I don't have nothing to, like, I don't have nothing to sell. <laughs> I don't have nothing. I mean, you know, there's a buffet, all you can eat. You want to watch the video, you want to listen to podcasts. I feel kind of bad because I should follow up a little bit more and, and get encourage them to watch certain video, but I don't, I don't even do that. So, yeah. So, those, those would be the best channel. That's great, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. It was, it was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radical Personal Finance. If you're interested in building financial freedom for yourself and your family, please subscribe to the podcast with our free mobile app, so you don't miss a single episode. Just search the App Store on your mobile device for Radical Personal Finance and download our free app, which also contains an archive of every past episode of the show. If you have received value and financial benefit from the content of today's show, please consider becoming a supporting patron. Radical Personal Finance is listener-supported, and it's your direct financial support which enables me to bring you this content. In addition to your voluntarily paying for the content you've just heard, as a supporting patron, you will receive a number of member-only benefits, including a private Facebook group, access to our weekly Q&A calls, and discounts on future products and services. Details can be found at RadicalPersonalFinance.com patron. Again, RadicalPersonalFinance.com patron.